Hello and welcome back to the Tricky Notes podcast. This is your host, Trick. Um, my hiatus went a little bit longer because of a <laughs> kind of um, seasonal allergy because the trees won't stop having sex. Um, so had a little trouble breathing <laughs> and all that good stuff, but now I'm back. And this week I'm going to bring you another album that made Trick. And um, I feel this one needs a little bit more explanation and I'm going to have more kind of in this line in the future. But, you know, growing up, <laughs> my music taste was really, my early music taste, that is, was really influenced by what my parents listened to. And I think that's, this, you know, the same for most kids. And, you know, you know, my parents had, you know, born in the USA, they had Thriller, they had Beauty and the Beat. Um, they gave me for Christmas one year, uh, Color by Numbers by Culture Club. Um, you know, and those are the albums that we had. But then we also had cassette tapes and that were mainly kept in the in the van. And those included you know, um, the Judd's rocking with the rhythm, um, Madonna's like a virgin, uh, you know, um, Abba's Grace Hits Volume 2, Crystal Gale, Classic Crystal, uh, you know, just, you know, various different stuff. But, um, and a lot of those albums I will most likely cover <laughs> again some, sometime. But this week I'm going to talk about one of those cassettes that was in in the van that I would sneak out of the van and listen to on my, you know, on my tape deck or my Walkman or whatever it is I had at the time because I wasn't supposed to take those cassettes out of the van but of course I did because you know I was obsessed with music <laughs> at a very young age so the album we're going to talk about this week is Huey Lewis and the News Sports now, this album came out in 1983. It was uh, Huey Lewis and the News' third album, and really, to me, is their best album, plain and simple. I mean, I just absolutely love this album. Um, but it's—I <laughs> know it may sound like weird that this is the album that made me, but this is this is an album that really kind of became my bridge from pop to rock. And I know that may sound weird coming from, you know, Huey Lewis and the news being my kind of window into rock, but it was, I mean, there's, there's some good, good guitar work on this album. And I really enjoyed the musicality of it as a kid. I mean, I didn't know what half these songs were singing about, honestly, <laughs> you know, I mean, I literally, you know, you know, I was four in 1983 <laughs> and my, I know it's like, I was start, I was sneaking it out at like six and seven and, and you know, that kind of thing. So there was no way I, I knew what most of these songs were, but I just love the sound of them. I love the way the, I love the musicality. I love, you know, the, the thing. So, um, so this album really kind of opened me up to allow me to reach more, you know, rock 
and new wave and it it was that it was that that window that got me to those to those places so um and i'll kind of go through it it even kind of gave me my first exposure to hank williams of all people <laughs> but we'll get there so um so a couple things about this album this album had uh four top 10 hits um it had a lawsuit <laughs> involved with it um you know it, it, but it's just it's just a great great album it's you know it's relatively short it's less than 40 minutes long um you know it's only nine songs but it's it's a solid nine songs i mean i think of the nine seven are in my regular rotation um the other two one is not really the other one is kind of hit or miss um but we'll kind of get there so so anyway, so let's let's kind of talk about the songs on the album. So the song that song that kicks off the album, this first song I heard on this album is The Heart of Rock and Roll. Now there's there's a thing in music where every now and then somebody just has to kind of defend the fact that mute, that rock isn't dead. <laughs> it's like, um, and you know, and I know that sounds weird, but you had, you had it like, you know, you had Billy Joel singing, it's still rock and roll. You had, um, uh, old time rock and roll. You had, you had these type of songs that were already there in the, you know, kind of zeitgeist in a way, but, this one really talks about, you know, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. And in addition to the fact that it's saying the heart of rock and roll is still beating and still going, it's also talking about the fact that it's that backbeat that keeps the rock and roll going. So in that case, in that case, it's also in the same um, kind of idea as turn the beat around by uh, Vicky Sue Robinson. You know, because Vicky Sue Robinson, that song is literally an homage to the importance of percussion and how great percussion can really make a song. And here, Huey Lewis is in the news are singing that, hey, no matter what kind of rock and roll it is or what kind of uh, music it is, it's that backbeat that's that ties it all together and keeps it rock. Um so it's a really a great song for for me. I just I enjoy it. Um, it's you know it's just one of those things. So and then it, after the hard rock and roll, it goes into heart and soul. Now heart and soul heart and soul is an interesting song because I had no idea what it was about as a kid, but I just I liked it. It's you know it. Um, it had a good rhythm. I liked the vocals. It's like, you know, I just liked it musically, but now that I'm adult and I know what it's about. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's basically about a woman who, you know, uses him, uses him as a booty call and says, Hey, I'm, I, I want some, I'm coming over and I'm going to get it. And 
it's going to be great when I'm there, but I'm going to be gone in the morning. That's basically what this song is about. <laughs> but it's it's good. I mean, you know, and she's hard and soul. She's hot and cold, hot loving every night. I mean, that's fine. I mean, it's it's a you know, I I like this. <laughs> the one thing I do like about it is it's not really shaming the fact that she that she does this. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of songs in that era, they would they would kind of sex shame the woman. And I don't feel this is very sex shaming. And I, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that a lot. So, um, you know, and it's just a good song. It's just, it, you know, it was one of the top tens from the album. So, hey, only, you know, six, seven-year-old me had no idea what it was about. But, hey, I liked it. <laughs> That's, you know, and maybe it influenced my adult self. Who knows? Um, but after Heart and Soul is That Is Bad. <laughs> and That Is Bad isn't bad, but it's not great. Um, it's kind of, it's it's almost a joke song, honestly. It's, you know, it's just kind of like saying, hey, you know, okay, let's just be honest with it really is about back around this time, you know, people would use bad as kind of a, 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 you know, indicator of being good and (laughs) man, that's bad. And but that was meant as a compliment that it was, that was good. And and this song is really say, hey, sometimes bad is just bad. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it's like, it's like one, one uh, lyric always stuck out with me. And it's like across the street, a neon sign, all you can eat for a dollar 99 on an old stool is the baddest in the land, but a $1 worth was all that I could stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the chorus spells it out. You know, sometimes bad is bad. I say cool is a rule, but sometimes bad is bad. And that's basically, it's a, it's a joke song. It's kind of making fun of the cultural language of the day. You know, it's not really held up, <laughs> so to speak, as far as time. You know, like, you know, joke songs don't always hold up, but you know, it's not terrible. It's not, it's not like, yeah, it's, it may be skippable nowadays for me, but it's not, it's not like delete from my music library. <laughs> terrible. If that makes any sense. So, but right after you get a, out of bad is bad, you get to, I want a new drug. Now I want a new drug is just a great song period you know uh it's like you know one new drug that makes me feel like i feel when i'm with you it's like saying hey you're so intoxicating i can't get that feeling unless i'm with you i need i need a drug to to fill in that gap because i'm addicted type thing and yeah there's some weird things 
you know, kind of about it. But um, if you look at it <laughs> uh, as far as like addiction and that kind of thing, but just taking it on face value, I enjoy the song a lot. I think it's, I think it's one of the better ones on the, on the song or on the album. Um, this is, <laughs> this was parody by weird Al. <laughs> I want a new duck. Uh, <laughs> um, and this also prompted a major lawsuit, uh, as well, this particular song. So, um, but yeah, I, I really, I really do like this song and I'll go ahead and, kind of talk about the briefly about the lawsuit. I'm going to eventually do one that's a little bit more in depth about songs like this, but basically during the filming of the movie ghostbusters, um, the director was using a one new drug in a lot of the scenes as background music. And the director approached Huey Lewis in the news saying, Hey, we'd like you to write a song for the movie. And, you know, cause, and they showed them the clips of them using that one, a new drug. So they wanted something like that, but Huey Lewis and the news turned them down because they were about to start touring. Um, and instead they approached Ray Parker jr. Who wrote ghostbusters. And if you listen to ghostbusters and I want a new drug back to back, you will see, you'll probably hear why there was a lawsuit involved. Um, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. Um, it was settled out of court, so we don't know, you know, I don't think anybody admitted any wrongdoing, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty obviously if, if you listen to them back to back, but, but regardless, I want a new drugs, a great song. Um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I didn't know it. And you know, once again, I was a kid, <laughs> didn't understand drugs. Um, didn't really get it, but I, I enjoyed the music of this. Um, but when I was younger, this is one that I would, I would actually fast forward through a lot of times. Um, I'd actually fast forward through bad is bad. And I want a new drug. And it's just because I didn't under, you know, I was young and, you know, and I was being told from uh, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, drugs are bad. And <laughs> here is a song saying, I need a new one. I need a new one. So, you know, there's a little bit of contradiction going on in, in what I was dealing with at the time, but, um, I wanted your drug is a, is a great song. And, uh, definitely, um, one of the best of Huey Lewis in the news. Now, right after I wanted a drug comes walking on a thin line. Now, I always, always really liked the, the, just love the musicality of this album. And this, this, this song is no different than the rest. I mean, this, the walking on a thin line, you know, that chorus I remember as a kid, you know, walking on a thin line, angry all the time. That really stuck with me. Um, you know, of course, once again, I didn't know what it meant. Um, as an adult, I found out it was about, you know, Vietnam War veterans <laughs> and, and their experience coming back, you know. Um, don't you know me? I'm the boy next door, the one you chose, you say, or was so easy to ignore. 
is that what I was fighting for? <laughs> uh, you know, walking on the thin line. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a very, it's probably one of the more um, message driven songs that Huey Lewis and the news ever did. They really didn't do a lot of message driven songs. A lot of it was really kind of rock pop, you know, love songs or stuff like that. So um, this was, you know, definitely a, a, a different tack for them. Um, but, you know, to me, it's, it's a good, it's a, you know, it's a really good song and a really good, um, good one to have. So um, a great, great uh, part of the album. And then after walking on a thin line, uh, you have finally found a home and finally found a home. It's like, there's something about this one that, that always stuck with me. And I know it's because I was a military kid and we were moving around all the time. And there's just something, there was always something to me with the idea of finally found a home um, that really stuck with me, you know, having to move around all the dang time. And, um, so just that, just that idea of always moving around, but, you know, and then, it, but that was my first impression too. And then, you know, even my young self, I, you know, finally started hearing the lyrics a little bit more in the chorus, you know, I finally found a home where I'll never be alone right here where I belong. I finally found a home here in a song. And that <laughs> really had an impact on me because that is where I've always gone when I've needed that emotional pick me up, that emotional thing. It's like the music is always what's called me, you know, um, it's, you know, and it really speaks to, to my, you know, how I do stuff, but you know, in the, in the lyrics, it talks about, you know, you know, Hey, I go, I find a home when I go to, uh, if I get, um, you know, broken up with, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you find it, you find yourself in the home and, you know, people are kind of, um, you know, pushing you around. It's like you find solace in the song. It's, it's really, I don't know how to explain. Like, this is, this is, <laughs> this is one of those songs that, that I don't think of as being kind of one of my mantra songs, so to speak. But as far as the meaning of it and the message of it, it really speaks to a lot of how, you know, I think, you know, um, and, but you know, it's, you find yourself, you find yourself where you're in, you know, I've often found myself in, in songs, um, you know, dealing with the emotional stuff and, and all that. So it's, you know, <laughs> there's a song for everything out there. Um, and you know, and that's, it's a good thing. And it, and as a young, <laughs> young person, um, being really connected to it like that, it really helped and, and really, 
had a great impact on me later on. Now, the next song on the album is the best song on the album. It's the period. Full stop. It's If This Is It. If This Is It is just one of those songs that's like, ugh. And it's like, I, <laughs> my young self didn't know that I would be living this song out so many times <laughs> as an adult. But it's basically saying, hey, you know, if this is it, just tell me, you know, you know, if we're, if we're breaking up, don't keep stringing me along, just end it. And that's really what the song is. It's, it's a plea to, Hey, if this is it, please let me know. If this isn't love, just, just say so, <laughs> you know, if this is, if this is it, I'll find another love, you know, you know, it's just, just let me go type thing. And it's just, it's there's not really enough songs like this about being strung on from a male perspective. Um, you do get them, you get them more often from a female perspective, but you don't get many of them from a male perspective like this. So, um, especially ones that are done as well as this, and it's just such a great song. It's uh, just absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love if this is it. Um, you know, I can't. It's it's what the song is like. It's just great. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, it's it's just such a such a great, um, great great song. So, um, and then after this is it uh, is you crack me up. Now, you crack me up <laughs> is enough, to me is another joke song on the album almost. Um, so it's uh, I mean it's a fun song. It's got good musicality, but it's. It's just kind of one of the, it, to me, it's just a joke. It's kind of just a joke song. And they, and they say they wrote it for people that they, they remember seeing, you know, when they were early playing in the clubs and um, basically, you know, and they're just kind of talking about all the people they kind of see coming in and out of the clubs. So it's, you know, and it's, it's not as, it's, it's a good song. It's got, re I really love the music of it. Lyrically, it's just a joke song. Um, that's not a bad thing because joke songs can be fun. Um, and this one, it, you know, still has fun. It's not dated as bad as bad as bad, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, kind of one of those that's, um, you know, after the high of this is it, it's kind of a let me down <laughs> that comes out, come, comes right after it. But I don't know how they could have followed if this is it with any other songs on the album. So it, you know, it kind of makes sense. So and then the last song on the album is a cover of Hank Williams Honky Tonk Blues. And this is the first exposure 
I ever had to Hank Williams um, and Hank Williams senior at that. And uh, yeah, um, I didn't like it. Still not a fan of their cover. Um, I've heard much better versions as an adult, but as a kid, it was, I know it, it wasn't good. And to this day, it's still not that good for me. Um, it's the weakest spot on the album period. And usually, you know, I will end it after you crack me up. <laughs> it's like you, you crack me up and that's it. It's done. No more. <laughs> We're, you know, the album's over. Um, but you know, that's just kind of how it is though. You know, not every cover can be great. Not everybody can do covers like Dolly Parton or Aretha Franklin, you know. So anyway, this is another one of those albums that made me. This is an album that was one I listened to incessantly when I was a kid. And um, unlike the other ones I've covered in this series so far, you know, those came out, you know, those were uh, 90... Uh, Serenity was 93 and, and then, um, version 2.0 was 98. So this one's 83. So much, much earlier. So those came in like teenage and, um, you know, early teenage and late teenage where this one came out when I was, you know, I was into this when I was in elementary school and it really helped shape my music taste. And that's why I felt it kind of important to kind of share in this series. Um, I've got other albums that were also in high rotation for me around that time. Um, and I'll kind of get into those at some other time, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, this is still a good album. It's still a good album. It's got a couple weak spots nowadays, you know, a couple songs haven't aged that well, but for most of it, it's still, still solid, still good, good musically. And I really still revisit this album, you know, even though I listened to it to death when I was, <laughs> when I was young, um, I still, you know, several of these songs, it's like those pop up on my shuffle and I'll just be taken back and, and just enjoying it for what it is, you know? Um, so anyway, so that's this week. Uh, once again, I apologize for the delay. Uh, you know, get mad to you, but um, hoping to be back on schedule now. Um, I, ha- you know, health stuff has uh, kind of been uh, a little bit more under control, so that's good. Um, so I got some good. I've got some really good episodes planned, uh, and I will be bringing those to you. Um, and I look forward to to that. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Um, share the show to your friends um, and all that. And that'll be it for this week. And this is Trick. And much love. <laughs>